From Flatirons Running, this is George Thomas in Boulder, Colorado. We're on the line with Benji Durden, and we are talking U.S. Olympic trials. Benji, how's it going? Well, not too bad. Looking forward to tomorrow. Now, you've got some great running to watch, and you've got a pretty good marathon coming up for yourself. Well, I don't know how good the marathon for myself is going to be. I'm just hoping to, to finish it. It won't be that exciting. Oh, they're always exciting. I guess so. Okay. They always have the potential to be exciting anyway. So what could you tell us about the uh, Olympic trials that are coming up on Saturday? Well, on the men's side, it's a little bit more wide open than it has been in a while. You definitely have three favorites. Uh, Galen Rupp, Dathan Rittenheim, and Ned Kofleski. But they've all got reasons why you might think they might not these shoe-ins. I mean, Galen has never run a marathon. And so we're just going on what he's done for shorter distances. His half marathon, he looked very comfortable. He used to qualify it. It does suggest that he's got good marathon potential, but you never know on a first-time race. Um, Dathan is at 33. is getting to be a little older than when he was running his best times, although he has one of the top times of, of the men running. In fact, he's got the fastest personal best of the people running the race this year. So that makes him, you know, a likely favorite. And that's is almost 41. So that's beginning to, I mean, it looks like he's beating Father Time continuously, but at some point something's going to catch up with him. Those are are very likely team members. Now, Benji, but, is this is this kind of early for the marathon trials? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, historically, back in the 80s, we ran a lot closer. Um, these days, the, the belief is that you need to be further away and give people more time to recover. Um, and I don't know which school of thought is right, but they tend to prefer to be Further back in 2012, it was in January, it was the Houston Marathon. So it was even further back then. Uh, it's, it's difficult to say whether this is logically is good or not. However, I will say this, it's going to be a warm day tomorrow. And that would be a good thing for picking a, a team to run in Rio. Because Rio is likely to be pretty warm. Now, what are your thoughts? Um, you've listed the favorites. What do you feel personally? Well, then I think I think it's likely that we'll see at least one non-favorite make the team. I I know given the trials that I ran in eighty, I wasn't in the top five picks. Probably wasn't in the top ten picks, and neither was Kyle Hefner, another of my teammates. There were three two ten guys. Um, and a couple of 211 and 212 guys. And we we actually, um, Hefner and I had a three-minute PRs and made the team. I could see something like that happening. Uh, maybe not that big a PR because, of course, it's fast and the conditions aren't fast, but you could see some guys out there right at the edge of the, of the uh, ability level having a good day in one of the top three, not. So I, I see between Riffenheim and two of those guys are probably going to be likely to make it, and then one unknown, or not unknown, but dark horse, like Luke Biskedra 
uh, Sam Salinga, who's another non-marathoner, but he's a very good distance runner. Tyler Pinnell, um, Boulder's Jeff Eccleston. You know, there, there's one of those guys could have just a, a remarkably good day, and one of the favorites could have a, a poor day, and that's all it would take. But the, the field is a lot closer together than it's been in a while. Now, now on the how, women's side, I was just going to say, how about the women's the, side? Yeah, the women's side, you've got four um, pretty likely to make it people. Desi Linden, Shalane Flanagan, Amy Craig, who used to be Amy Hastings, and Kara Goucher. Amy was uh, fourth in the last trials, and Desi, Shalane, and Kara were on the team. Um, they're... PRs are enough, you know, they're a couple of minutes ahead of everybody else, as much as three or four minutes ahead of everybody else. So the next closest is hard to, you know, it's hard to say. You've got Serena Burla, who ran well at Beijing this 10th. That's a, that was a hot day, but PR is, you know, four minutes, five minutes behind these other four women. So it puts some, puts some difficulty for her to get up close. Um, Sarah Hall is possibly, I mean, she's moving up in distance. She used to be people chasing. She's had one decent marathon and one bad marathon. She could be a, a dark horse to slip in there, but it, you know, it's a big jump from 231 to 224. Um, you know, I, it, I think the likelihood is the, the top three will be out of Desi, Shalane, Amy, or Kara. One of those four. I mean, you know, three of those four are going to make it. One won't. That's that's the likelihood. So it's a it's a smaller window of opportunity for a dark horse. They'd have to have a. Uh, I would think the, the big four would have to have a pretty bad day, a pretty slow day, and somebody outside that group would have to have a, a spectacular day, almost a five minute PR type day. Now, how do you think the heat is going to affect the field? Well, it, it, even if everybody tolerates the heat well, they're going to slow down. Um, I think they're calling for 75 degrees at the start and in the 80s before they're finished. I think that'll add maybe a minute to three minutes, depending on who, who it is. There's also a lot of turns on the course. It's four laps, basically a, a, sort of a small lollipop, a very long stick to run out, turn around, come back, do that four times. That would also kind of slow it down. So I'm thinking for the men, probably a 211 is about the best you can look for for a winning time. You might even make the team with the 212. And women, I'm thinking 225 to 227 in that range is going to probably be all it would take to make the team. Now, I'd like you to take um, us back to 1980 and tell us what the mood was for you uh, the, on the eve of the Olympic trials? Well, I, uh, I didn't sleep very well that night. <laughs> <laughs> I'd slept pretty well the week up to, to the night before, so I wasn't in bad shape by not sleeping well. But I, I kind of stared at the ceiling most of the night before the race, trying to be relaxed. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to sleep well, so I tried not to let it bother me. And I, you know, I was going... To, to run as well as I could. I wasn't anticipating making the team. I was 
anticipating just trying to get in the top five, top ten, somewhere in there. It also run as well as I could. Um, remember looking at the, the field and thinking, well, I was lucky that a couple of guys didn't show up. Bill Rogers didn't run it. Don Cardong couldn't make it because of um, Mount St. Helens going off that week. Planes couldn't fly out of Spokane. And Gary Bjorklund, another South American, decided not to run it because, you know, we weren't going to Moscow. We were just picking a team. They felt like they were better served doing something else. Cardong would have come if he could have gotten on the plane. Anyway, I, I thought, well, there's three places I don't have to worry about. <laughs> but um, it, it, we had a very large field. There were 200-plus runners. And I was dead last at the mile. I wasn't running that slow. I think it was 505 at the mile when everybody was in front of me. So it, it, people went out with excitement. And do you see that happening these days? No, I don't think it'll be quite that aggressive at the beginning. There'll probably be some guys out there in the first few miles that shouldn't be. Uh, a lot of it depends on how cautious people are because of the weather. But I don't. I think uh, in the men's race, I think you'll see a pack of maybe a dozen together through halfway, maybe as many as 15 to 18 through halfway. And then it'll start being uh, a race of, of uh, attrition. The women, I could see maybe six to seven hanging together and then by halfway starting to fall off. I think there could be maybe six still at 25K, but not much further than that. And how but do you it's feel not about... going to be... I don't, I don't think it'll be an aggressive pace. I just don't. How do you feel about the state of marathoning in the United States when we get to the Olympics? Well, the... the, the the state of marathoning in the United States, at least on the men's side, has gotten a lot better in the last few years. It used to be that you know, the best we could hope for is you know one or two guys that were 210 or better, and then a whole bunch of guys 213 or slower. Now we're starting to um, to, to you know have better than that. Um, you know, we've got I think we've got maybe a half dozen guys under 212 right now, which is, is new. I don't know the exact number, but something like that. The one the side, it's a little bit stagnated. We haven't seen quite the, the drop down in the low 220s that we we really need to see to be competitive on the international scene. But going to the to the games, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say how well we'll do. I mean, I, we just recently, King has been placed on a, uh, on probation, it's possible they may not even show up at the Olympics if they don't get themselves off probation. On the women's side, Russia isn't going to be a factor, I guess, because they're not right now allowed. We'll see if that changes before the summer. But, you know, as far as world competition goes, part of the problem is we're probably pretty clean as far as drugs go and the other parts of the world that are seem to get all the medals probably aren't. But, you know, that's one of the things you, you kind of have a belief issue. Testing is, is good when testing is done, but a lot of the world isn't really getting much testing, and there are ways to beat the testing. Um, but I do I do feel optimistic about our chances. I mean, I don't know that we'll get a medal, but I think we should be able to get in the top ten if we have you know guys running and women running. Um, sensibly. 
Benji, have you seen the Rio course? Uh, actually, no, I've not even seen um, anything at all about it. Who knows what it's going to be? I, um, I don't know what day it is yet. That's been sort of out there on the horizon. I haven't really thought about it much yet. And how are you feeling about your marathon on Sunday? Uh, well, I'm, I, like I said, I'm hoping to finish it. I've, I'm still rebuilding from um, taking some time off to recover from anemia. So I'm, I'm not optimistic I'm running fast. I'm just optimistic that I'm going to be able to do the same. And tomorrow, are you going to be uh, watching the trials? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm intending to. Um, we've got to go do our packet pickup, but I figure I can get that done before the race starts and then just sort of veg while I watch that and keep, get off my legs so I have something for the next day. Benji, always great chatting with you. I look forward to talking sure. with you after the trials are over. Sounds good. Talk to you later. All Bye. right, and best of luck to you on Sunday. Boulder, Colorado, Thanks. I'm George Thomas. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. I'm Ned Fulmer. And I'm Ariel. We're from the Try Guys, and we have a new podcast called Baby Steps. It's an irreverent parenting podcast because parenting is not perfect. We just had a newborn, baby Finn. I got pooped on. Ariel has pink eye. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we talk to some experts. We even bring you 4 a.m. thoughts from our garden. Oh my gosh, it's literally 4 a.m. Just to <laughs> go back here, I thought I got poop in my eye. Yeah. And that causes pink eye. Parenting is a mess. We're a mess. You're a mess. Join us every Sunday. Listen to Baby Steps on ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST, 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 ACAST recommends. recommends.